Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Come on! Go! Hey guys, welcome to The Tapping Go. My name is Matt. My name's Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals and we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, welcome back. I know it's been a while, but we're back with another episode to finally finish off this series. Believe me, I know it's taken some time, but it'll be worth it. Today we have one for the future, one for you guys to keep an eye out for. We're joined by Exeter University's first team centre and also Exeter Chiefs Academy player, Charlie McKeague. Charlie started university this year and has made quite an impact on the Bucks Leagues this year. For anyone who knows enough about the university rugby programme, this is quite something for someone of his age to do. So we hope that you all enjoy the next 20 minutes or so. Charlie, buddy, how are you? Yeah, yeah I'm really good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, no worries at all, buddy. Um, it's basically what we just start off. So for people who don't know you, obviously, as I mentioned, you're up and coming. Um, talk to a little about through your journey, where you're at the moment, where you went to school and stuff, sort of your rugby career today. Yeah, sure. No, um, well, I started when I was probably about five or six. Um, and before all then, I wanted to be a footballer. And then I remember dad kind of nudging me down the, um, he kind of took me down to the rugby club one day on a Sunday down in, um, in Sidmouth, a small uh, seaside town in Devon. And kind of just picked it up from there. And to be fair, from like, the first kind of session there, I absolutely just loved it. Um, Played, sorry, yeah, so played with Sidmouth for like, my whole junior life um, up until schoolboy, um, where I went to a school called Parrot Hill in Somerset, and then later on to a school called Sherburn in Dorset. Um, and then it was probably about 15s, 14s, where um, I started with the Chiefs and doing all the kind of DPP stuff. Um, leading on to academy epdg kind of stuff and then yeah i mean all the way through sherburn playing 18s with chiefs and then obviously the covid period and here i am at exeter kind of um getting stuck in in my first year here how, how was the transition to playing in sherburn because obviously it's uh it's known as a big rugby school and from from um from junior school yeah yeah to uni Oh, no. yeah. like how how was your experience at playing at sorry Sherbin? 
Oh mate, I I actually absolutely loved it. It's um playing playing there uh, alongside playing with Exeter was kind of it was kind of fascinating to kind of do because with a lot of the boys um, a lot of the boys at the academy play through the college system so like Exeter College Truro College and it actually tends to be not that many boys who go through kind of school and um, especially with Chiefs they like to kind of have most of the boys in a couple colleges um, and I just found the schoolboy rugby just so kind of like it kind of allowed you to kind of um, express yourself not not like worry at all about making mistakes and and kind of like it was all about finding space on the field and less about kind of the um the structure which obviously is, is massively important um as you kind of progress to older but the kind of fundamentals i think and like the enjoyment for rugby i really got at school obviously you're extra now i'm just interested was it always gonna be extra because it's local or was it did you sort of did when you're in the academy, sort of, did you get pushed this way so that you stayed local? Was it was that sort of a link from the academy to go to the university and sort of stay right around? Yeah, well, to be fair, in the last few years, I think the the link between Exeter Uni and the Chiefs has like has really grown. It's um it's got a lot stronger. There's quite a few like alum, alumni playing with the Chiefs now, um, that maybe like five ten years ago wasn't as kind of prevalent. Um, but for me, I Exeter was always a strong option. I had other kind of other ideas. Um, obviously, kind of my course did kind of, you know, it comes into it a bit, but it actually turned out Exeter, like the, the course for me was really good. And um, it kind of, yeah, and it just worked in the end with the way things were going with Chiefs and stuff like that. So, and how, how are you? Sorry, Matt, yeah, you go. How, how so I'm interested about that relationship between the the chiefs and the university how does that work in sort of a like a week-to-week basis like do you spend time training with the chiefs at all or yeah that's a really good question no so we um I think the way chiefs do it with with, with a player like me um and with a couple of other lads in the same kind of boat as me is they get me in when they can um but my week is kind of the majority of it's based around uh, the Bucks kind of rugby and stuff. So I'll, I'll train, you know, like up until the Wednesday kind of exclusively in uni because um, we play all our matches on Wednesdays. And then Thursday we'll kind of, you know, have off like down day and then Friday and so, I mean, sometimes depending on Saturdays, like we'll get in with the club and get the kind of um, playing with the non-23 lads and actually getting stuck in there. Um other than that, it's only just kind of I'll get in for rehab, I'll get in for stuff to see physio and stuff. Um, but it's kind of it's a good balance, really. I mean, and it's not too far away as well, living in the city. How have you found your first university in general, sort of away from the rugby? Have you like still managed to find like that balance? Yeah, yeah, mate, it's um, yeah. I mean, I'm finding the balance that's for sure. I think. Like with regards to the work and kind of keeping up there, I've always like I've always tried to be pretty diligent with it. And I think at school I was I was actually quite good at balancing it. And and now I think when you're at uni and like if I'm speaking honestly, like there aren't people telling you you need to do the work. It's all kind of down to you. And I found like you know it's a bit more, it's a bit more tricky to be fair, but I'm I'm you know I'm I'm going along fairly well. 
and getting the work done. Obviously, as in extra particular, but in lots of universities, sort of the preconception, the stigma that if you're playing rugby, rugby's quite a laddish culture, sort of you do rugby. Have you found that? Or have you still found there's been times to do stuff away from rugby and away from your work? Whether it be another sport? Or yeah, I do, I do what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. And the rugby club, like, I can't lie, has been like a massive part of my life, like socially as well as, I mean, because we started pre-season about eight weeks before uni started and kind of it, it would kind of go without saying like a lot of the boys you meet there have actually like ended up being um like good mates of mine but then like, having said that like some of my best mates here are actually just like they don't even I mean they, they couldn't care less when I was playing you know or like if I was going to train or anything like we don't, I mean, when I talk to them like people in my seminar group and stuff like that like we won't talk about rugby it's quite, it's quite nice, um, refreshing. Can you sort of t- talk us through a little bit then, just because I'm interested, and I'm going to ask Matt in a sec, but your typical rugby week, what is it sort of, what's your sort of routine? Right, so it's um pretty ruthless start. We'll start the 6.30 get up on a Monday with um our new head of S&C, Les, who's um, he's quality and... Yeah, that'll be gym and some form of walk, bike and stuff. Then training Monday night is pretty kind of heavy um, because Tuesday is kind of going into team run, uh, kind of power priming um, before Wednesday, which is game day. So it's kind of, it's very different. It's kind of a typical, you know, train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, play Saturday because we're... um because we play on Wednesdays. And then Thursday, we'll have um, like physio slots, massage slots, and yoga. We do, we do a lot of yoga um, on Thursdays, like as a kind of recovery day. And then Friday, Friday we'll get, um, so the boys that are involved with Chiefs will get in for early swimming, depending on your how much load you've done. So that'll be a, I think it was, I didn't actually have to do it this morning, but it was a 6.30 start for the boys that did that um, down at Limpston Marine Base. And then there'll be uh, kind of anaerobic games, gym. Um, and that's it for Friday. Saturday, training. Um, apart from there is actually a uni league side, which plays on a Saturday. Um, so if you're involved in that, obviously you're week looks completely different but if you're doing the bucks stuff you kind of run on that program and then um sunday off back in on monday yeah that's pretty full on sort of yeah. what was the biggest shock for you doing uh, coming from school at sherbin to that what was sort of like the biggest changes was just the load of it because obviously me and matt yeah. i've seen at school as well and like listening to that compared to what we had to do is pretty yeah no definitely i think the the snc has been huge for for me, I think at Sherburn, we were very kind of, I mean, it was a it was really good rugby culture and everything. And everyone loved the rugby side of things, but the S&C was a lot more kind of optional. Um, so, and like looking after your body and all the kind of nutrition stuff was left up to you. Um, whereas here, it's, it's very kind of hands-on, like um, in the club, there's 50, 60 boys running around all wearing GPSs on a on a Monday night. 
um, being monitored on the meters they run. And it's all, it's all kind of a massive step up in just how, how your body's kind of looked after, both with S&C and just managing it. How, how, um, <clears throat> Matt, you go. How, how do you find the, the GPS tracking you? Do you find it, um, is it like an incentive to work harder because you have this subconscious thought that they're sort of, they can see what you're doing or how do you find that? No, I get that. Um, it's, I, I think, yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, with lead, um les our snc he'll be at the end of the session pulling people out early from like the games if they've done enough load and then if not it'll be right mckay three laps of the pitch off you go like you'll you'll kind of have to catch up so there's no there's no real hiding with them um so yeah no i'd, I'd say it is a bit of an incentive um yeah definitely to kind of get your meters in early but i'm sort of interested obviously you're playing yeah. Um, Matt, you're obviously playing top level in America now. Having heard what Charlie's weeks were looks like, is it are there similarities between how extra training and how Brown are, or is there is there a bit of a difference between England and America still? There, there is a difference. Rugby in America is like it's definitely growing at the moment. It's not anywhere near the sort of level of standard or quality where you'd expect in England or any other sort of top um, rugby country. But you do see elements, as in they've America sort of. The American universities, they just love sport in that sort of sense. They, um, they're obsessed with college sport. They love football. They love basketball, hockey, like ice hockey, lacrosse, like anything you can think of. They take it so seriously, which is awesome to be around. So it's quite inspiring to be able to sort of, I mean, I'm sure you have this as well, but have friends where they're sort of like aiming to go like that one step further after university and stuff like that. The biggest difference, I'd say, is the travel. I mean, we... Like a lot of the college sports seem to have to fly to get somewhere. It's not uncommon to sit on a bus for eight hours, stay in a hotel the night before and then play and then drive back. So that's probably the biggest difference. But no, it's definitely, um, it is different, but it's developing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Just So one thing, do you think, this is probably back to Charlie now. Yeah. Do you think having been involved with Chiefs from such a young age sort of helped your transition from school to uni? Because you sort of had a little bit of that, higher standard than what school is already yeah no completely and we I, I was lucky in the fact that they run because extra and the uni are quite quite closely linked and almost had like an advantage coming into the uni running the same kind of patterns and knowing kind of like the way that they want to play it's kind of a similar kind of role and there's there's crossover in the coaches and stuff um like a, it's a really good link and definitely playing through the academy and stuff kind of allowed me to understand like the way Exeter want to play for sure. So looking forward now, what are your sort of hopes? Obviously you've got the rest of the Bucks season's finished. You guys have got, obviously you've got Barcelona in a couple of weeks, but still second, second. Obviously looking forward to the season, I presume it's gone and win it, but longer term, what are your sort of hopes? Yeah, no, well, de definitely this year um, we're pretty set on, what our ambitions are as um, as a university. Um, I say for me personally, my my ambitions to kind of to kind of go far with Chiefs. It's always been my dream. Like from from when I was young, um, I've always been kind of a supporter, and now kind of getting a chance to kind of go on further. So, I mean, as far as that goes, my my ambitions just to play play for Exeter to. Um, 
get as much out of that as I can. Um, and in the meantime, play as much uni rugby as possible. Um, keep myself injury free, keep on the pitch. And um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, see where it takes me, I suppose. I know you've had a couple or at least one injury this season. Have you found that being, because obviously you are a fresher and you didn't take a gap here, did you? No, no. You are as, as young as you could be playing Bucks rugby. Have you felt that that's ever been disadvantaged compared to the people who are probably in fourth, if not fifth year, playing super rugby? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest step up from school to uni was definitely just, I mean, it's, it's a step up to men's rugby and almost missing that last year of school rugby, which is pretty gutting um, because of COVID. We kind of like, I didn't really have that chance to kind of like uh, play another year, like of, um, you know, like progressional rugby playing with older boys and getting used to it. So when I came, when I turned up at pre-season, having not really, well, I'd play, I played a few games this year, um, but when I turned up at pre-season, seeing all the uni boys and some of the like the outrageous like rigs on these lads, uh, some especially these uni boys, some of them are just huge, and even in my position as well, like some of the boys are just like, yeah, they're massive and they and they're older than me, and yeah, I mean. It, Coming coming into that, that was the that was the kind of the bit I was like, right, this is this is it. This is um the level I've got to get to to kind of compete. Um, I mean, allow yourself to be big headed here, but did you come in knowing that you were going to be up there mixing it with like pretty confident you're going to be involved with the first fifteen, or was that sort of something that it was a pleasant reward of your hard work when you got there? Not not at all. Um, when I when I kind of talked through with um Gibbo our Head of, um, head of academy at the beginning of the year and we were kind of setting out goals I didn't it's quite a confusing one because having had so much time off because of Covid I, I, it was quite hard to know where I was at um, and coming into pre-season and off the back of like a pretty kind of tough summer like just um, just trying to get fit and trying to get put on some weight and um, be in good shape like coming into the pre-season I genuinely had not a clue um, where I would stand, especially amongst the next to uni side that in the last four years had a lot of success. Um, so, yeah, honest, honestly, coming in, I, I have no idea where I'd play, whether it would be fresh ones or um, in and around it. I, I, I didn't know. All I, could, I mean, yeah. How, how did you sort of deal with um, competing against the older guy in terms of like mentality? Like these people have probably been at the uni for three, four years and they've probably like sort of cemented themselves in terms of the club and socially and where they stand. How, what was it like coming in as a fresh and sort of doing so well off the start? Did you have any sort of, not grudges, but competitiveness from others? Or? I, yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. Like um, there's, a, there's always kind of a competitive like edge especially like as it should, especially in such a yeah uh, yeah, yeah. And, and complete and, and like so there should be um i've actually found i mean i think i think quite a lot of the lads here like we deal quite well with leaving it on the pitch um i personally think i i can do that pretty well and have done i mean some of the boys that um we're all fighting for the same shirt but we're all mates off it. Um, some boys like going out for injury or, you know, like, like not getting selected one week. I feel like it's, um, 
it's actually been really like nice the way it's all like been able to deal with it. I yeah. think. And I guess I haven't you, had like, no issues. Yeah. And I guess you just take your opportunity when it comes. Like if you get five minutes due to someone getting injured or you're starting because of you've trained well, you just take what you can get and do the best you yeah. can, which is no exactly he's have as a club, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Quite a random one here. I've literally just come up with on the spot. Try celebrations. Have you ever been a big fan of them? So uh, when we watch some of our, uh, hear me out. When we watch some of our, we sort of do some research behind our guests. And Matt and I were watching one of your, I think it was under 18s against Gloucester. Oh, and we noticed you you scored, I think you scored a try. There's no new celebration. But when we watched one of your teammates score and it hit a full like rehearsed thing. Have you ever been one for a try celebration? It's sort of like a fist bump, high well, five, keep going. Well, I mean, that is when I actually, score a try which isn't actually that often so I feel like I should say something up um, for when it does happen but, If you score his last you know, group it's Andy Park in two weeks, what are you going to do? I'll have to talk to Arthur Relton Surely, surely you should pull like a, a Balotelli-esque thing pull your shirt up and it says the Tap and Go podcast underneath in your, um, you know what? <laughs> on your chest. You know what? I mean, well, <laughs> if I score a varsity, yeah, you stay here because we'll be holding you. Start to say yes. Yeah. Outside of rugby, have you been doing anything else? Sort of, what other hobbies do you keep yourself entertained with? I actually, yeah, I um, <laughs> it's been tricky actually since joining uni. I um, I I got I got into a lot of stuff when I was at school. Um, I used to play guitar a bit. Um, I just did art A level, so I used to have a big a big hobby through lockdown. I did a lot of painting, which is um, something not usually associated with um, rugby, but I haven't actually done that in ages. Um, since I mean, to be fair, since I come here, it's been so so busy. Um, there's never like there's never a moment where I've felt like I've got enough time to to do anything like that which is I mean it will happen it will come back but there's always something to do there's always kind of um training work to do cooking trying meal prep all of that it's um pretty full on yeah Wednesday night TP does take up a lot of time <laughs> more Thursday <laughs> recovering <laughs> Um, obviously, just we'll move away now. But just get your opinion. Six Nations starts tomorrow. Have you got any big predictions coming up? What, what do you reckon? For me, oh, I know. I've got. I actually reckon. Um, well, I've got a bit of Scottish in my blood, so. Well, I'm, I kind of can't help but support England, but I always want to see Scotland do well, and I think this year they've probably got the best shout shout at doing so. So. Um, England to win, Scotland second. Is all I can hope for, really. But go on, list no, of six. No France in the no France in the mix. France will definitely be in the mix. Um, no, I'll, I'll no. Honestly, I'll go. I think England will win. Um, France second, Ireland third, <laughs> Scotland, Wales, and Italy. I reckon. I think that's probably quite a safe bet. I'm not sure I'd be there. Yeah. Any any surprise packages and new players on the blocks who you think are gonna come come in and do a job? You know, you know who I have been watching actually is um he's another centre as well, 
is a fellow who's playing for Ireland at the moment called James Hume. Um, he's playing outside centre at, I think, Ulster. Maybe Munster. I think Ulster. And he, he's, he's class. Oh, he's good. Um, and he's coming off the bench tomorrow. But I, um, I think he's one to watch. Um, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think people are talking about him yet. I think he's a good player. I mean, it'll be funny when he scores a hat trick tomorrow, and then we release this clip oh. saying that, and then. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. We'll see. He's in my fantasy team anyway. Oh, oh. The there's, there's a tip. So obviously, player of the tournament. Obviously, one probably one of the bigger names. Who do you reckon is going to? Is it going to be someone um, who's over and over again, or is it going to be someone new? I reckon. Hmm, I could see it being someone, someone French, maybe Untermac. He's pretty close, tearing up in um he can't really have a bad game actually. It's kind of I don't know how he does it. He, he can't, can't really play badly. Um Untermac, maybe. DuPont is always gonna be in and around it. Um I don't know, maybe it'll be someone a surprise. Who knows? I reckon Freddie Stewart's gonna come come through. Got you reckon? Matt would you class. I don't think you can go very far with DuPont and Tamak. I think the combination they have and sort of, I guess they're playing for club together. It's just pretty formidable, hard to break these days. So I'm going to go yeah. for, I think, DuPont, to be honest. Fair enough. French heavy. What did you think of the England selection? I think a few were surprised by that back row. But yeah. The bench. Yeah. I didn't really like wingers that much, it seems. Um, <laughs> If we do, we play them at centre and play centres at wing. That seems to be the yeah. thing. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, well, it's a pretty strong... I mean, it's a pretty strong lineup. no matter what he picks. This, the squad he had was... Um, I mean, it's quite a good load of players to work with. Um, I do like... I, I mean, everyone's so excited to see how far Marcus Smith goes, especially, I mean, gutting for him, but like now Farrell's out because of injury. Um, it's just a really good opportunity to see what Marcus Smith's got. Um, obviously, I'm buzzing for Sam Simmons off the um, starting at eight, um, which will be class. I mean, he's so he's un- unbelievable. Like to train with as well. Oh, and just he's yeah, electric. Um, I mean, most most argue he's been hard done by, but you feel like this is his opportunity. He's got to take the Six Nations. Because if he doesn't yeah. call the station, someone's going to be calling for Don Brandt's going to be take over, and Sam Simmons might have missed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they've both had, they've both had their kind of periods in the Premiership where they've just dominated. Like every headline is Simmons or Don Brandt, and it probably is. We're probably at a stage where it's a, a Don Brandt period right now. Um, so some people might think, like, why isn't he starting everything? But I mean. I got to back Sam. I think he'll do well at the weekend for sure. I mean, it's, Sorry, it's interesting because I feel like England hasn't had like a like a dominant number eight since like the Vinipola era. But I think that's almost coming to an end. I'd say, as in, like it's interesting how these two young guys have just come on the block, and then now England mm-hmm. has such a good choice to be able to pick between the two when before they didn't quite have that. Um, they weren't fortunate enough to have that, so it'll. Um, it's always like, yeah, competition's always good, I feel, and they'll they'll push each other, I'm sure. But I personally do agree. I think Don Brandt's the uh I think he's got the pick over Simmons, but that's just me. Yeah. I guess we'll see then. Yeah. Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell.
Well, Charlie, thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, I know you've also got, as you've told us now, you've got an incredibly busy schedule. So we're very happy that we finally managed to get it done. I know you've cancelled it a couple of times. Um, wish you, we wish you the best of luck with the rest of your box season. Hopefully any more Chief stuff that comes your way. But yeah, thanks so much for popping on. We hope that everyone listening to this really enjoyed it. Uh, well, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as us. We wanted to also share some more news with all of you as well. It's come to a point where Matt and I are announcing Tap and Go, as it currently appears, we'll, we're going to take a break. It will not be for good, that we promise. With us, however, we both reside on two different continents and our guests are often a third, which has proven extremely difficult for us to regularly be able to record them to the standard and the quality that we hold ourselves accountable to. We're both extremely studied doing our separate degrees and it's been a struggle in the last 18 months to produce at the regularity and with the quality which we had in the first six months. Yeah, guys, it's it's been an unreal journey. It's like super grateful for, from both of us to be able to do like such an experience. We've learned so much about, I guess, rugby, but also we've like connected with so many people and it's been incredibly fun. And um, the past 18 months has definitely been a lot of highs, which is always a good thing to to look back on. And we actually have taken the decision to therefore change it up a little bit. And unfortunately, I think I'm actually going to be stepping back from the tap and go while I complete my studies here in America. But it the tap and go won't completely die, of course. Freddie will keep going. He'll, he'll hold it strong. And I'm sure that he'll, he'll do very well with it. So I look forward to watching the episodes in the future. I mean, this podcast, it's been something which I love doing. I love doing it with Matt from the first it being a hobby in lockdown when COVID-19 hits now it's incredible to think I mean Matt will agree with this what we've achieved together yeah. our very limited experience and knowledge at the start we also want to thank all of our guests and all of you our listeners for making it what it is I mean we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think people were wanting to tune in every week it's something we've both definitely learned a lot about both ourselves and about the industry we'll look back at it with a lot of fondness but now we're excited about the future and what it will bring as Matt said, I'll definitely be back at some point. I think it's going to be quite a little break now. And then, I mean, I've open invitation to Matt to return whenever he wants. Um, I'm sure, I hope he'll take that up with his open arms. But I'll definitely see you guys soon. Hopefully an exciting stage with the tap and go. But for now, guys, it's goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.